Welcome to Mystery Outsiders and Apps. I'm Kevin Weir. I'm Aaron Weir, and this is a teen drama fan cast. And we are watching Riverdale. And I liked it. <laughs> there is one storyline I am increasingly perplexed by. <laughs> it it was I mean, it, here's the, it was not the most like uh, upsetting episode I've I just seen. feel like this one had like a good sense of humor about itself like it was hijinxy this this was definitely written by the good writing team yeah <laughs> the one that got it though there are some things in there that man we'll just have to go wild about the things some of the things it was like someone was like hey you guys wrote a great funny script please add some maudlinness to it <laughs> There's definitely some moments where it felt like somebody came in to, like, punch up the scene by just adding in some, like, kind of random jokes. Or some kind of random reflectiveness. There's also that. <laughs> you, you can, like, see where the edits touched a pretty good script. Yeah, yeah you can see where that happened. Oh, but yes, Riverdale and we hope there'll be an episode next week because we don't pay that much attention to when they come out so we haven't checked that yet we know that it's not advertising one on netflix yeah we know it's unlikely that they're doing an episode for this was a thanksgiving episode yeah and next week is american thanksgiving so they might take that off but that is a bridge to cross another day who knows what we'll do on this other day it's a mystery (laughs) just like this season yeah well like there's so many mysteries there's what there's stonewall there's stone i was gonna count them but yeah there's stonewall there's is that doll really possessed (laughs) is that doll really though which shouldn't be a mystery but weirdly enough don't broach that question at all this episode no, he's just a part of their family now. He's just, yep, now that's, man, every time they cut, I mean, no, that is a separate writing team. Whoever, they're just like, all right, you're doing the, the Cheryl and Tony thing. They will, just so you know, they will never interact with anyone else in the series. No. You could cut their sections out of this episode and wouldn't change nothing. They're not even thematically related. No, nothing is connected. <laughs> oh, but they are somewhat connected, Aaron, because there's a storm going on. Is there... Oh, well, let's find out. Let's get into it. Because this is Riverdale Season 4, Episode 7, The Ice Storm. The Ice Storm. The problem is, they filmed this TV show in Vancouver in, like, August. It, it will be repeated. We're just going to do this right now. It will be repeatedly referenced that, man, that storm sure is picking up. And, man, it's hard to go about it in this storm. They ne- we never see out. We, we never really see outside windows. The one time we did, it's slightly blustery. We will never see snow. No one will ever brush <laughs> snow off the, like, shoulders of their coats. Yeah, nobody, even as they walk inside going, oh, man, wow, there's really a big storm going out there. There's nothing they're immaculate and it's like they've never seen a storm (laughs) yeah they they didn't even get like stock footage i guess they spent all their stock footage on this beginning montage where jughead explains thanksgiving and we see family videos (laughs) we see like old like 1950s like like footage and then we see new footage that they put old film grain over for reasons it's Thanksgiving. 
And Archie is sad because this is his Thanksgiving with no Luke Perry Andrews. Yeah. This is reasonable. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You start to do better and then it creeps up on you. Do you know <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> do you know who's not sad because apparently what, what we thought might be a storyline wasn't? Hiram is just mayor now. Because no one ran against him. No one him. ran against him. Now here, here's here's the thing. I need to take a very quick moment here, audience. Um, you're telling me nobody, not I don't even mean the main cast. I don't even mean the main cast. We're supposed to believe that in this town of people who nearly rioted when they learned that there was a prison being built there, nobody was even just like, ah, oh, hell, I'll run against him. My question is, I realized as I was increasingly perplexed about this as the episode went on. Yeah. Is Hiram powerful right now? Well, it's... Did he pay off anyone who was going to run against him yeah, it, or threaten them with his goons? Well, that's that's what also the thing. Like, like, it's the implication there that he, like, used his crime things to suppress anybody else. But... The, but I, It's <laughs> unclear, because I'm never sure... How powerful Hiram is. It would also be nice if they implied that. They don't. They just said, Hiram quickly became mayor. He swept in because he ran unopposed. I have a question. Who was mayor for all those months that Hermione was in jail? <laughs> was there no deputy mayor? Why is the deputy mayor not mayor? No, no one? Aaron. No. They're just like, I guess we all just go home now. No one works in that government when there's no mayor on site. <laughs> if there's anything we learned, probably Riverdale does just fine when there's no mayor. That's true. Having a mayor is a mistake. So now Hiram is the mayor, and there's no way this town is not getting featured in so many articles. Just everywhere. It's like, hey, man who called quarantine, also crime kingpin, now mayor? Well, if you remember correctly from first from the first season, the lodges like him getting that whole him getting the blue the white collar, yeah, him, white him, collar. Him, him getting the white collar arrested was apparently something big enough that Veronica would introduce herself and be like, "Yes, I know you know about my father who went to jail," which means this this is the equivalent of like Conrad Black. <laughs> It's like, like the become... star is going to be writing about him. He is on TMZ. Yeah, like there's, man, no wonder everyone thinks Riverdale is so trashy. It's Hiram's fault. It's also the fault of this family we're going to meet right away. Turns out Dodger is not alone. No, no. Dodger has an entire crime family. Did you hear what their name was, Aaron? Oh, yes, they're the Dickinson they're, clan. They are the Dickinson crime clan. Someone <laughs> thought that was so clever. Featuring such people as Dodger. And the rest of his family names unknown. Probably one of them's Edwin Drood. You think one of them's Edwin or Drood? Probably. I mean, there's probably one that's called Two, another one that's called Cities. <laughs> Middle name Tail. Yeah, they have a... I have a dog named Tail. Like, full disclosure, couldn't think of another character from a Charles Dickens novel. And there's pretty One much is all... called Little Boy Who Gets Turkey. I mean, Chicken. like, I mean, yeah, I mean, like, there's there's Oliver, Oliver Twist, there's Oliver. There's Scrooge. I was gonna say one of them is called Ghost. Mar <laughs> I do like the idea that they're not like really. I mean, to her, he was named Dodger, which is not the correct character for that. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> So I do like the idea that they just named him like, yeah, ghost and <laughs> mystery. The ghost is the ghost of Christmas past, of course. Ah, yes. <laughs> the ghost of crimes yet to come. However, it is not Christmas today. It is 
maybe the day before Thanksgiving. Oh, it's un- it's, the, it's an undisclosed <laughs> amount of time before Thanksgiving. These people have four weeks off for Thanksgiving, as far as I know. Although mysteriously, they do come back to school on Black Friday, and we will talk about this. <laughs> they will also all have dinner at different times across this weekend. All right, so Hiram, doing his Hiramness, Hiramness, invites Veronica to. Well, she's missing his inauguration. She has dinner. already missed already his inauguration. inauguration dinner, but he's going to have Thanksgiving at, at the, the com- club, the country club, which obviously exists in this town. And he would like Veronica to come because they need to teach Mini Hiram about. Thanksgiving? I don't know. I don't know. They don't have Thanksgiving down in Miami. All they have is clubbing. And <laughs> they have Ron- clubbing and whippets. That's all they have in Miami. And Veronica's like, yeah, sounds fun there. You should maybe go back. I'm going to go hang out at a homeless shelter to serve food to children who are homeless. They they, they do repeatedly call it the community center, except for one time where Hiram, go- Hiram calls it a shelter. And I'm like, uh, well. uh. <laughs> So Hiram takes this to as a little time to I guess snidely taunt taunt Veronica about the fact that a man was attacked outside of her. Here's the thing: what you have to remember that unfortunately we have learned is true. Everything Hiram does, whether it's to Archie or FP or or, the town or the town of Riverdale, it's to mess with his daughter, his his sixteen year old sixteen year old daughter. I'm, I am. I'm, I would not be surprised to learn that he joined the mafia to mess with his daughter when she was twelve. When she was a baby, she was so spiteful, <laughs> just only smiling when she saw her mom. Or listen to me, little baby. Tell you what, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna join the mob. Then and you're he... gonna smile when you see me. Yeah, isn't that right, child? <laughs> you suck on that pacifier. I'll see you soon when I'm part of the mafia. Then you'll be proud of me. I mean. <laughs> That's not why I do this. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna call your older sister you don't know about. She might be twenty. Hard to say. Hard to say. <laughs> she certainly dresses like a like someone from the 1930s. Maybe she's also a ghost. Ooh. Ooh. So yeah, he does that thing. Says the area is bad, and then kind of Hiram saunters <laughs> off. He does a lot. He does a lot of just like half grinning at people. <laughs> He's a real creep this episode. I don't know if Mark Consuelos was, like, f- sick this episode, but Hiram feels like he has, like, a stomach flu, and he's <laughs> trying, like, really hard to keep being smarmy through it. But sometimes you just see him just being like, mm, oh, I, I need to na- sit down. Oh, I shouldn't ate that shrimp. Mm, sh- Miami shrimp brought to... <laughs> my, my, my daughter brought me shrimp in her luggage. <laughs> Oh, not refrigerated. Oh. oh, I should have had a nice pack. Gosh, you could have at least put it on the one that goes under the plane where it's cold, not in the carry-on. Oh. Maybe she's the worst daughter. <laughs> but I already told Veronica she's worse. Ma'am, you have to put your shrimp in the overhead compartment. It's for my dad. <laughs> I have to carry it on my lap. This way he'll love me. Speaking of people who are traveling, Monroe has returned from his mysterious vacation. <laughs> Monroe has returned from his time not being in an episode, so he doesn't legally become a series regular. Series regular. Is he still a special guest star? Like, is he even recurring yet? Oh, I'm, he's recurring for sure. He's recurring. And you know, Reggie doesn't have any lines this episode. They trade off. <laughs> you know, they're the same person. <laughs> 
they're not the same actor. <laughs> no, the, no, they're different men. They're very different men. <laughs> but anyway, that, he's back. Yeah, this will set up what uh, they're doing. So because Archie is feeling sad, and he decides that these kids who don't have families to go to. Should get to have Thanksgiving. So he's going to have a Thanksgiving there. And they're like, oh, and you're going to cook? Yeah, I'm going to cook. And And my my mom. mom. (laughs) And Monroe's grandma, who I will point out now, will not appear in this episode. Because though she cooks for the children, she has no interest in hanging out with a bunch of teenagers. No, no, no. She's got her own things to do. She has a gentleman caller, perhaps. (laughs) She has a way more interesting TV show. (laughs) She has her own brothel. A better one. <laughs> Where it's just her and her boyfriend. <laughs> I just love the idea that it's like, well, after Penelope Blossom left, I noticed that there was a, a gap in Riverdale for a Blossom that, or for, for <laughs> not for a Blossom, for a brothel that is unclear the legality on. All of the women are volunteers and they mostly just go on nice dates with nice young men. Can't prove otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Monroe's grandma. We've Monroe, done this to you. Look, Monroe's grandma rolls hard. That's what we know. And you know what? She always has a shotgun. <laughs> hey, Monroe, do you want to go to the club and drop some Molly? <laughs> grandma, I gotta watch out for my for my younger brother. Ah, he's fine. You just you you rub some you put a whippet in his mouth and he's good. He's down at the community center. He's safe there. <laughs> no, Grandma, I run the community center. I need to be there. Mm, no, you were gone last week. <laughs> Last, I know that for a fact. I know for a fact that you were Reggie last week. <laughs> <laughs> now you're Monroe again. Who is my grandson? Um, me. Mm. Reggie has that abusive Asian dad. No, they're not abusive anymore. He broke his car. <laughs> I know a lot about Reggie Mantle. I read the newspaper, Monroe. It's weird that it's all about your it's friends, about, girlfriends, it's, friends. It's about six people in this town, and most of them are underage. Because Hiram writes it. That's what he, he's obsessed with. Oh, Veronica. All right. I'll write a paper. Then, then, you'll, <laughs> then you'll love me. Then I'll show you what's up. Then you'll smile when you see me. Oh, you'll be like, oh, that man, he runs the paper. Maybe if I'm nice to him, he'll write nice things about me. <laughs> but I won't. Did you hear? Veronica smells like poo. Byline. H. Lodge. No one will know who that is. There's three of us. <laughs> it could be anyone. <laughs> could be. It could be Hiram. It could be Hermione. It could even be Hermosa. <laughs> it could not be Veronica. Screw her. <laughs> I did not give her the H name. <laughs> when the baby came out, he looked and said, I don't like that baby. That baby gets a V. No H for her. She hasn't earned it yet. Okay, let's head off to see what Jughead is doing. Well, we find out that the uh, Power Rangers are going on Thanksgiving break. They will not have seminar again for an undisclosed amount of time. (laughs) Which is probably the only class that Jughead takes at that school. Also, we find out for sure that Chipping is dead. Yes. And when he asks DuPont about it, DuPont says, well, you know, alcoholism... And Jughead's like, how do you know that? He's like, what? (laughs) Yeah, you know. He was sad because of them alcohols. You know, like, Mercury's in retrograde, and the season makes people sad, and... Some days are hard. This does not track with anything that I know. Did he he talk to you about... Me? Me? Because, you know, I told him about that crime I told you about. Jughead is... Very confrontational, and part of me 
loves it about him. I mean, Jughead has always been pretty confrontational. He was never very sneaky. Oh, no, that, that's true. He loves he loves to be like, hey, I found a crime about you. What He's he's actually Explain a better... Explain to me your crime. He's actually a better... That, for a journalist, sure. Yeah. For a detective... Not great. Mm. That's why he has Betty. But, but Betty's the action... <laughs> but Betty works for the paper... Well, see, Jughead is like Michelle McNamara. He's going to write, I'll be gone in the dark. Oh, yes. He's a true crime <laughs> dude. All right. So, yeah, it's alcoholism. The family doesn't want to investigate. And then he's like, Jughead, you should forget all your delusions. All those silly things you say. You should go home for Thanksgiving and just think about that. Anyway, goodbye. Well, is Jughead going home for Thanksgiving? No, for some reason, Betty's coming to him. And we realized why they sent Jughead to boarding school. <laughs> so he won't live in the same house as his girlfriend. <laughs> and by by we re- by they, the writers of the show. Yeah, the writers were like, this could get unsettling. Let's just, uh... <laughs> so, so now they, even though she lives, she has moved into her old, her bedroom. old bedroom, which I think was Jughead's bedroom. Maybe right. Yeah. So, yeah, she's going to head out. I guess they're going to have their own Thanksgiving that's going to last four days. Yeah, she's staying for the weekend because Jughead needs, needs to get writing done and also detecting. Well, and she's got to get out there before that ice storm comes. You know, the ice storm that the, we can see through the window. <laughs> oh, man, it looks real bad out there. Don't look at it, though, but just think about it. The windows are blue. One. <laughs> the windows are blue. Nothing is moving. <laughs> Outside those windows, but they are blue, and we put in the sound of wind. You needed one stock footage, but you but the show hates establishing shots. They really do. So uh, Jughead is all excited about his weekend plans, but <gasps> gasp! It's br- okay. Brett? Off, th- off three. One, two, three. Brett. Brett. I think I said Brent. <laughs> we need to know. <laughs> Someone needs to say his name again. They do. I think I just... They say it all the time, and it enters one of... It enters my head and then leaves immediately. Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> okay. I don't... I do not know how we're going to, in this podcast, run the fact that we have to cut over to Cheryl and Tony occasionally. We cannot segue. It is insane. There is no... There is no way to segue between what is happening at this house and everywhere else on the planet. And I have given up my Save Tony campaign. I think she's into it now. I think it's just the thing. I think we have yeah. to accept that Tony's lost to us. Cheryl is insane, and Tony is too? Yeah. Yeah. She the, she also sometimes looks like she might have had ate something bad. So Cheryl has developed an elaborate plan that on Thanksgiving, because everyone will be distracted or something, they're going to dump the body of her uncle into the river, which will then freeze, and then he'll be decomposed? I mean, yes, that's what happens when you freeze a body. They decompose faster. His eyes will be eaten by fishes, ah, but... Well then, well, then no one will be able, be able to tell who he is, because we all use Minority Report-style eye-scanning robots. <laughs> Cheryl... People are repeatedly found in the river. That's the most common place to find someone. Except for that one gun that Archie threw that one time, or Veronica threw away that one time. Oh, man. It never came back. Oh, man. Bedford's going to come back and he's going to have a gun with him. Ooh. Ooh. So, 
Tony is weirdly chill about this. She's just like, oh, I don't... Um, I it's mean... not a great plan, but only because I constantly feel like I'm being watched. <laughs> and someone may see us. Yeah, other than that, I am down with this. 100%. So, it is still the day before Thanksgiving. Yes. Veronica has ordered a ton of food to be delivered from the country club <laughs> for the dinner. Too early. If it does feel very early to do, there oh. are warming trays there. Yeah, we, let's just go with it. So, got him, got him from the country club. Um, Archie is super excited to deep fry a turkey. <laughs> yep, because that's what his dad did. That's what his dad always did. But unfortunately, oh no, here comes the man. And the man in this case is FP. Wait, he's never the man. Well, he continues not be the man as he comes. He's like, hey guys, so. Hiram says I need to shut you down because of the storm that's just raging outside. Look at those windows up there. Look how blue those windows are. Also, he says this is technically an open crime scene, which I don't believe. It's not. Outside is. (laughs) But I fought with him for like nine hours and then my voice got tired. So here's what I'm going to say. Screw (laughs) him. Cool sheriff. Out. He, he essentially he walked in, spun a chair, went, went around, and went, "Hey, kids, look." <laughs> the mayor wants this to be shut down, but me, I'm the cool sheriff, and he puts his hat on backwards, <laughs> which, is, which is a full brim map, so yeah. yeah, it looks exactly the same. And he's like, "You do what you want, Veronica's Like, <gasps> my father is punishing me, <laughs> and, and nobody questions it. They're just like, eh, "Probably." If it's anything yeah. we know, what Hiram, he specifically hates you, Veronica. And everything he does is to punish you. And it sounds like we're joking, but we're not. We're not. We're not. Hiram is doing this to punish Veronica. Because she is not coming to his fancy dinner. Maybe. did not go to his inauguration. Oh my god, it's a discovery, Kevin. Yeah. To get to Stonewall Prep School... You have to take a train which, from Riverdale. Which is weird, because sometimes it feels like Jughead comes back for a night. And you can take earlier trains or later trains. I I do not have... So, um, Stonewall might be a different... Like, the city might be Stonewall? No, Stonewall Prep. Oh, no. Uh, it could, it could be, called, be in the city of Stonewall. It could be in a city called Stonewall. But... With with no concept of how of how, what geography is, and apparently this ice storm is big enough to... Shut down everything. Shut down everything. Thankfully, she got there in time for sex. Speaking of sex, FP is very sad that he has to work for Hiram. Oh, but I won't quit. That's exactly what he wants. And Alice is like, that's true. Yeah, he'll just hire another Minetta. And then she's like, but you know, you can do whatever you want. I back you, as long as I don't have to make dinner tomorrow. Instead, let's go to Pops and get ourselves a... A nice turkey dinner there. I wish also, one. Aaron, <laughs> I wish one. Aaron slowly turned to me and said, "Where's Jelly Bean?" Yeah, there's another part of this fam. Do do not OC us on this one. They also have sex like in the living room because they have the house to themselves. <laughs> the camera just slowly pans over. There's Jelly Bean with like Cheerios and a spoon, just like ah ah. You can't Caitlin Cooper us on this. We know where Jelly Bean is. Did she go to her mom? 
But didn't her mom have no, to disappear into no, the no, wind? No, 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 no. Her mom disappeared into the wind. There's no way they know where her mom is. They, they, I don't know what Jellybean's doing for Thanksgiving. Is Jellybean having Thanksgiving dinner with Charles at the FBI? I mean, because may- he is her half brother. Maybe. All I here's exactly what I imagine. I imagine that what happened is the next night, Jellybean will walk down the stairs and go, "Hey, mom, when's dinner?" Mom? Mom? (laughs) Betty? Dad? FP? (laughs) (laughs) I guess you would call Alice mom. She'd say (laughs) Alice. You should call FP dad. Did you forget whose child she was? Man, Aaron, I can't handle this family. (laughs) She is blonde, so she does look more like... That's the thing, yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, she would just walk down and be like, it's any person. All right, I guess I'm playing Minecraft and eating... Cheerios. (laughs) Cheerios. <laughs> Cheerios. <laughs> Which, you know what? She's 14. This is the best Thanksgiving ever. <laughs> They'll go hang out with Monroe's cool grandma. <laughs> she is a dragster. The lodges on this day. Wait, how? Maybe this is the next day. Well, no, they say why. It's because um, Hermosa has to leave to Miami. She has to. So they're ha- oh, they're having an early Thanksgiving because Hermosa has to leave to Miami on Thanksgiving. I guess so. In the ice storm. For, I don't know. No, I think she's. I think she's trying to get her flight before. This ice storm is very unclear when it's beginning and when it's ending. Because I think the idea is that she's getting her flight before the ice storm begins. Ah, like how Betty took an early train. That's all I can imagine. Uh, so this is the day before Thanksgiving, but yeah. they ordered in Thanksgiving dinner from explain, the country club. Which explains why Veronica's so confused by it. Yeah. they So the Lodges are having dinner. I didn't say that because I got confused about the timeline. <laughs> yeah. So Veronica arrives and there's the Lodge feast. The country club is closed, of course, because... The ice storm of, is The ice storm coming. is coming, as everyone keeps saying. But Hermosa will be able to fly out. Can I just say that this entire experience is very Vancouver. Oh my god, Kevin, the snow might come. We have to shut down school. Yeah, we we once when we were at, and when we when we were there going to school, they did shut down school for the day cuz it might snow. And if it snowed, the buses could not get up the hills. Now, currently we live in Alberta where if it snows, they're just like, I don't know, man, figure it out. Leave early. <laughs> just do it. Uh Veronica is of obviously incensed by this, which I imagine Hiram expected Hiram doing this to mess with Veronica. But he didn't expect what Veronica is it going to do, which is the best thing Veronica has ever done. <laughs> Veronica grabs the tablecloth and pulls the entire dinner off the table onto the ground. <laughs> Her family does save their wine. <laughs> That's true. Can I say that... I know she is probably supposed to be seen as incredibly villainous, though they might actually do a pretty good with her. I the per- actually the person I feel most bad for in this scene actually is Hermosa, who's just getting tricked by her dad well, all the time. Well, especially because like the th- what she said beforehand is like I'm so excited to have my first family Thanksgiving, and then all she has is like it's yanked up before her, and as far as we know, she goes. Well, and then stands up and flies back to Miami because we do not see them. Because they say that their food was ruined. And the thing is, like, her Hiram is a monster. And he is so monstrous that he can hide what a monster he is. Yeah. So she does not know. 
She does not know. Yeah. I I, I kind of hope that she gets a good face turn because I, her, whether they me- meant to do it or not, her, like, motivation and all this stuff makes sense. Because she does not know. Because... Because she does not know, and because she has an idealized version of him, because she didn't actually spend a lot of time with him, she's got money sent to her mom, and from her mind, she's like, oh, that's taking care of someone. And when she sees him, he's nice. Yep. So I kind of hope... gave her all those clubs. So I hope she does get a face turn. We'll see. Meanwhile, let's go visit a supportive family. Molly Ringwald Andrews would like to support Archie in all of his country, I mean, community center having endeavors. Also... She misses his dad. Yes. And that storm, man. This is the scene where we see out the window, and it's just like the trees is going. It's that storm, man. In a more insane storyline, Cheryl has caught Aunt Cricket. <laughs> no, Tony has caught. Oh, yeah. Tony has caught Aunt Cricket spying on <laughs> Thorn home. Yeah. Apparently, she's just, hi- I guess, hiding at the end of the driveway with binoculars, just watching them. Now, Cheryl says, ah, well, we have to deal with this. We need to scare her. That's the only (laughs) way I know to deal with problems. (laughs) I have a perfect idea for this. We shall invite her in for a Thanksgiving dinner, at which point I'll have my creepy Nana tell her a story. (laughs) And that'll get her going. (sighs) Jughead and Betty had some sex. Now they're going to reflect on what happened What happened with Chipping. You see, Jughead has been doing research off-screen. And what he found is that Chipping and DuPont were a couple years apart, but in their class photos... They... Secrets! <laughs> I jumped the reveal. You did jump the reveal. They have a pin, which is for the, quil- for the quill and skull, which Jughead uses the words... Secret Society! Yes, there is a secret society at Stonehill. A secret... Writing Society. It is the nerdiest secret society that ever secreted, but I cannot be more excited. <laughs> I, w- I want to clarify something. They have already apparently killed Chipping to protect the Baxter uh, brothers, essentially, right? Yeah, because the franchise <laughs> is worth $200 million. Very clearly, Cool and Skull has existed before Baxter Brothers, though. Yeah, this is just like their newest <laughs> they cash just, cow. They just pivoted. They're like, yes, the secret society and oh, a book about mystery solving brothers. Get hmm. that in here. We don't have to put our own money into the society. The society will make money for us. <laughs> yes, as, ex- as extremely wealthy people, we abhor giving any of our money to anyone else. So bring in those books. Bring in those books. Let's get it from dumb teens who like mystery solving boys. Parallel to this, in a storyline that goes absolutely nowhere, <laughs> it's getting cold in the building. I thought that was going to be something as well. It I thought, wasn't. like, it, Jughead, this is what I meant by it sounds like someone just came in to punch up the script because Jughead goes, like, oh, well, does this mean that we're going to, like, have, like, freeze and, you know, starve? We're going to be locked in? I'm like, you're an entire school. So we're going to have a real short scene. Where FP and Alice are having their exciting dinner at Pop Tate's, yep. and in come the Lodges because their dinner got wrecked last night. And, and Alice, I guess they have not eaten since then. And Alice goes into a fugue state <laughs> and invites the Lodges to sit with her and FP. Now, not to spoil it, but she sits, she invites him to sit in, and then of course it goes bad, and she seems absolutely shocked. I guess to be fair to Alice, 
She was at the farm for a really long time. Perhaps she has forgotten. But the thing is, I kind of thought this was like a ploy on her part to just be like, yeah, let's have some catharsis and be, you know, jerks to Hiram. I don't know. You know what? She was, she didn't have a chance to act out of character last episode. Maybe this was just her moment. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Anyway, back over to Stonehill. Oh, my God. No delivery trucks will come because of the ice storm. And as we will, as we learn and we've told before, there is nobody at this school. It is Thanksgiving Day now. Yeah. So Jughead and Betty have had sex for a full 24 hours. <laughs> yeah. And they do not think that they should break into the kitchen. No, no. They got to go raid the vending machines. I presume there's still cameras. Like, the thing is, like, it makes sense that people will be allowed to stay there. I'm shocked that only Jughead. And they don't, like, account for it. at Like, there should be food <laughs> for the people who stay. Yeah, this r- very rich school should know if there are people staying at the school and do... Like, that's what they actually do at boarding schools. And if you're staying there over the break, they don't just shut down the school and say, here's the keys, you know, lock up when you're done. Good luck, Jughead Jones. <laughs> Jughead Jones. Now, to be fair, these are teenagers. Maybe they just want candy for dinner. I, which, it, which, you know, it's fair, and Betty's very excited about it. So Jughead goes out off to the vending machine to get us some cookies. And in the reflection of the vending machine, he sees a man, maybe. You can't tell because the man, maybe, is wearing a creepy dead rabbit mask. And they Full ha- head mask. And they have an axe off the side. And I'm wondering if Roberta watched your next. Your next. But first, Jughead is scared. He rushes the man. No, he doesn't. He or- just stands there going, what you doing? Hey. Oh, I thought he rushed towards him and mm. then he got circumvented by nope. <laughs> Betty. Whacking him with a golf club. <laughs> because he walked past the open door. <laughs> because his math is, his math is not given peripheral vision. Yeah, so he didn't think to look. Do you think Jughead would have a girlfriend? He does know that Betty's coming based on the phone call he eavesdropped yeah, this on. Yeah, this is Brett. This is Brett. So, Never mind. <laughs> he's not very smart. But then, <laughs> then it's someone else, a woman we hear a voice, wearing another mask with another axe, coming like, Dude, what the hell? It was a prank, bro. You knocked him out. <laughs> it was just a prank. I'm like, so there are two of you. So the plan was to scare Jughead so he would run. And then, and then the get o- caught by the other by the one. other one. And you both had axes. <laughs> what is this prank? I mean, considering what else they are doing, was it just to get Jughead? I don't know what this, what, what, I guess I, it was just a prank. It was, it was just a prank. Just the, a weirdly timed prank. It's also like... How do they not... Because they know everything about Jughead. They know everything about his past. Yeah. How do they not know that he has been attacked by numerous serial killers? <laughs> is that why they think this is funny? They're like, ha serial killers love to serial kill you. <laughs> you don't know. We could have killed many people. I've, I, I, I got this mask and this axe. That means I've done this a bunch of times. <sighs> um, we didn't say this, but the girl is Donna. Yeah, Donna. It's Donna and Brent. Uh, Here's a short scene. Well, they're getting ready for the Thanksgiving dinner, Veronica's like, how are you, Archie? And he's like, sad numb? We should clarify that these kids who are coming in are just straight out of Oliver Twist. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's it's like, re- like you know, raggedy fingerless gloves and, and toques and... Layers on layers. Layers on layers. So much gray. Yeah. And they're interrupted because... Some adults show up. <laughs> the Dickinsons arrive. 
And Archie is Archie and wanders over and is like, oh, hello. Well, and he goes like, these are the chains that I forged in life. Like, That's cool. Do you want some food? <laughs> and the, and be, the, the actress does not change her face, but the camera does this weird pull in. And for the life of me, I don't know what the motivation is for it. I wrote down that she was confused by Archie the- because she thought he would be a man. <laughs> But he's a boy. It does kind of feel like... She does also say, but you're just a child. A very buff child, but a child all the same. And then she just sort of, like, stares off and... And I thought thought this might portend a change of heart. It doesn't. It doesn't. No, it means nothing. It's just, I guess, was supposed to be a dramatic, hey, hey, uh, future filmmakers out there, camera movements should have motivation behind them, because I have no idea what's going on here. Things should mean things. Things should mean things. Hey, Aaron. Hey, Kevin. What did you learn this week? Well... We're gonna try something different now. <laughs> oh yeah, this is a new a new bed, new yeah, segment. Yeah, we're gonna tr- we're gonna try a thing where we just sort of learn stuff, somewhat related to something that happened last week. Sometimes very loosely related to happened last week, or inspired by previous events. Inspired by things that have happened. Uh, this time, I decided to look a little bit into the Hardy Boys. Ooh. Now, the Hardy Boys. Uh, I did not know a whole lot about, uh, and because we have the Baxter brothers, I thought it'd be fun to look at the things. Did you know that the first, um, the first Hardy Boys mystery is the, the Tower Treasure? Hmm. Did you also know the cover of the Tower Treasure? They, they literally like, it's, it's a great reference. The, it looks like a lighthouse. It so does. It looks I, so obviously I can't show this to you people who are listening at home. Look I it up. Mean, I could maybe post Hardy, it on Instagram. The Hardy Boys. Um, it looks a lot like it does look a lot like the cover of the um the was it the old windmill or is it the windmill? Is a windmill? Yeah, the old windmill. But it looked like a lighthouse. It looks like a lot. Yeah, it's it looks like a lot of the cover, at least from what I remember of that. Uh. It's also like the Baxter Brothers, and I knew this beforehand. Yeah. It was um, written by, you know, a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. actually, the first person who wrote it, um, like, so the characters were created by Edward uh, Stratemeyer. Okay. Um, but the books themselves were written by several ghostwriters under this collective pseudonym, F- Franklin W. Dixon. So there was never a Dixon. There was never a Dixon. Ooh, and what is DuPont's first name? Isn't it also an F? Um, it might be. Mm. The first Dixon was Charles Leslie McFarlane, a Canadian author. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, so uh, just some stuff I wanted to read about it. The, the Hardy Boys had their first debut in 1927. Wow. <laughs> that is way earlier than I thought. I thought it was like the 50s. Well, so <laughs> beginning in 1959, the books were extensively revised Partially to eliminate racial stereotypes. That's fair. The 20s were a different time. <laughs> well, also, I like that in the 1959. That's a good... They started doing it then. That's good. Um, they were written in a simple style to compete with television. <laughs> now, here's the thing that I love. So, remember how Jughead did that thing where he was like, well, the first book was written like, like this and had things about war and all these things. 
<clears throat> Some critics argue that the Hardy Boys changed in the process, becoming affluent and law-respecting agents of the adult ruling class. Most lamented the loss of the richer pre-war descriptive style, but saw the updates as an attempt to modernize the story. Similar complaints were made about the updates of Nancy Drew, the female counterpart of the series. So I guess <laughs> Jughead wasn't wrong about the earlier ones. Being grittier. Being, you know, a little bit more about the, the these rebel boys challenging the law. Hey, Riverdale. Good work. Yeah. So that is what I learned this week. So we're going to jump around a lot now. Back at Stonewall Prep, Betty knows how to give stitches. I assume she learned that in FBI class. <laughs> Which she took for four days? May still be taking it. No, she... Uh, She's friends with Charles again now, you're remember? right. She might still be taking it. She also probably just knew... Oh, no, that's not first aid. She probably just read it online. <laughs> was like, ah. She's like, I need this skill. I've never done this before. You know, do you know the best time to practice stitching when you've never done it before? On the back of someone's head. <laughs> where the skin is the thinnest. Well, Brent's like, that hurt. And she's like... You tried to murder my boyfriend, maybe. <laughs> you at least made it look like you were trying to murder the boyfriend. This is true. Yeah. Anyway, he goes to bluster off being all like, oh, I'm going to go hang out somewhere else in this giant mansion. <laughs> and while he's blustering, something falls out of his pocket. And Jacob picks it up and starts reading it. And it's like, I have chosen to... and some, it, it's... it's a fake... Suicide note. Or or a or real, real? It's never made clear exactly what this whole situation is, but what Brent says... Is that they all, quotation marks, <laughs> did an assignment where they wrote a fake suicide note for Chipping, well, trying to get in his head. To get in his head. And the jug is like, well, I should have gone that assignment. Mm. Now, there's a lot of things to parse through here, but mm. I like to do maybe two of them. Okay. Uh, one... Gross. Gross. <laughs> yeah, yeah, gross. Yeah. Two, Jughead is not upset by the thought that they had they had to do they had to do an assignment where they had to write their suicidal teacher's last thoughts, but that he wasn't told to do it. I mean to be fair, maybe he's trying to cut you in a lie. I didn't get that assignment. <laughs> maybe he has some weird moments in this episode. Uh anyway, they head off and Benny and Jughead are like, hmm. Real or fake. Well, they they say it was a writing exercise outside of class. I'm like, <gasps> secret society? Oh, that's right. I would love the idea if the secret society essentially forced, like, Chipping to, to like, because this is a writing secret society, they they forced him to, you know, commit suicide. And they're like, all right, everyone, for an exercise for secret society, you will all write a fake suicide letter and we'll decide which one to use. That and... would be so malicious and creepy. And it's like the perfect learning exercise being like, you know, if you step out of line, you might have to be like tripping. <laughs> yeah, it's a perfect secret society move. So I hope that was what happened there was they actually did. And not just Brett was carrying around either one chipping suicide note or two. One that he wrote by that, himself one that he to just, plant. Yeah, he just wrote to plant. They wrote one to plant it. Anyway. Let's cut to a different storyline. Cricket and Fester arrive for Thanksgiving dinner. Also, Julian is there. And Nana Rose. Where are the babies? Oh, man, Aaron. So, <laughs> we is this now where we have the dinner the dinner with the adults? Uh, no, this is when Archie's trying to deep fry a turkey. Eddie comes running on over and he's like, oh my god, those are the Dickinsons! And Archie's like, oh. 
you know, like Charles. Do you get do you get the reference we're going for here? Archie, Dodger's family. And Archie's like, oh, I can deal with this. Hey guys. Gonna need you to leave. I understand you're pretty upset because your man in your family was beaten <laughs> up outside my building. I'm gonna assume son brother uncle uncle <laughs> don't make me guess here because dodger looked very like a lot look dodger looked the same age as you his mom so man you're looking real young i guess so good for you lady keeping it tight <laughs> keeping it tight lady <laughs> anyway, anyway please, what i'm saying is <laughs> please leave my community center there are so many children here we don't have to do this. But like, ah, I think we do have to do this in front of these children. And they all draw guns and drop them very heavily. And Archie's like, uh-huh, I understand that you're upset, but I didn't do it. <laughs> like, well, <laughs> well, it, it, you, we, maybe it was you, but whoever did it obviously loves this community center. So we're all going to stay here until... <laughs> They show up? Not just doesn't like doesn't like Dodger. They love this. The, the Black Hood actually went to the arcade, and Dodger doesn't do much with the community center other than the fact that where the kids come from. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. It's fine. Hermione might be the dumbest grown adult on the show. Do, do, you know who she, do you know what she is this entire episode? A lamp. Well, she does say... <laughs> Hey, guys, remember when we used to hang out in high school all the time complaining about our parents? You mean when we played D&D and that guy died? We do remember that. <laughs> we do remember. That was three or four weeks? Yeah, we were such good friends. Yeah, and Hiram, you weren't part of that because I think you were in Miami. <laughs> Hiram was a part of it, but he was part of the other D&D group, the one that LARPed. What? Was he With was Kevin. Was he part? Oh, he was part of the group. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. He was the man we didn't recognize. Yeah. Because it was Marco Swales' son. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. FP responds with, Luke Perry never complained about his parents and he became the best parent. Thanks, TV show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we, we will cut back to them one more time and it's just mostly just them being like, yeah, stuff. Eventually they decide to go and drink in the secret speakeasy, which is not open and they do not own, so they are breaking and entering. <laughs> I assume Pop has a key. He's like, I don't care. I don't care. I like I like half of you and one of you a little bit. And I'm not saying who's who. <laughs> I'm not saying who's who. So the plan that uh, Betty and Jughead have to try to, like, figure out what's going on with Brett and Donna. It's two-part. Part one. Never have I ever. With a flask. And they're going to do such crazy topics as never have I ever kissed a girl, never have I ever done drugs, never have I ever been in a gang, never have I ever joined a secret society. <laughs> Jughead just had to get one in there. <laughs> and, and, both, and both Donna and um, Ed Brillant are like, mm. and I wonder maybe they're not, maybe they're initiates. Ooh. I mean, obviously, they also just lied. Yep. <laughs> like, let's be clear. For sure. Never Have I Ever is not a legally binding contract. However, Spin the Bottle is. They should have played Spin the Bottle. They Because Spin the Bottle works in a way where you get locked in a closet with someone. Yeah. it's a, it, And then you have to tell all your secrets. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's legally binding. Yeah. Like, they, you can't just say, no, you have to do it. 
also, or else. The writers of the show have never seen Spin the Bottle because that's not Spin the Bottle. It was a comedy. That's that is first season stuff. We can't, we can't do that. go back there. <laughs> we can't. We can't go back. You can never go back. Anyway, Betty goes to get some more alcohol. She goes to get the bottle in Jughead's room, which I thought was mysterious, but it's a lie. Yes, because she actually goes to Donna and Joan. Is Trini Joan? I would imagine so. Mm-hmm. And she does some snooping. And in that snooping, she finds a pin. With an RC carved into the back of it. And she says, Jughead, once they reconvene in yeah. the bedroom. What was Chipping's first name? Hang on. Do we, want, do we know want to go into the moment where she has to go back to the group and be like, uh, hey, Jughead, I can't find the alcohol. Please come with me. I don't go to this school. <laughs> I don't know why I was the one who went. Please Anyways. come help. <laughs> so she brings him back. And yeah, it finds that uh, Chipping's first name is Rupert, so it must be his pen. Ooh, Ooh. Time for part three of the plan, which they hadn't come up with yet. <laughs> we didn't think we'd find anything. Ooh. Crazy. Uh, back at the hostage situation, I guess. Monroe wants to fight back. And Archie also wants to fight back because he has all the weapons he's taken away from children in his office. Yeah, switchblades and things such as that. And Monroe's just like, I got my grandma over here. She's crazy. And Molly Ringwald Andrews is like, maybe we de-escalate the situation? Actually, she is Oh, no, it's, it's, it's Veronica. Veronica who's like, maybe we should de-escalate the situation. I just assumed an adult would do that. No, no. In this scene, Veronica's being the adult because the last time she had to deal with a situation like this, she just lit someone on fire. <laughs> Do you think we could run into a secret speakeasy, turn off the lights, dump some <laughs> some alcohol on them, and light them on fire and leave them to die? You know, I do feel bad for this crime family because they thought they were just attacking a sweet kid. Little <laughs> do they know there is a hardcore killer in their midst. Yeah. I mean, and they're just lucky Monroe's grandma isn't there. Because this could have gone real wrong. <laughs> they would have came in and grandma would have come down off the top rope. Well, speaking of Monroe and his hardcore family, yep. his little brother comes to serve the Dickinson okay. some food. Here's what I thought it was going to happen. I thought he was going to walk up and go, hey, can I have some more? <laughs> <laughs> because that is the exact shot. Little boy walks up to three uncaring adults with a tray with, like, food. While all the other urchin boys are behind him. And he's like, please, sir, can I have that gun? And he goes for the gun. And then all hell breaks loose. Yeah. We, le- we learned exactly what the Dickinsons were thinking, which we imagine along, which is that Archie, he was the one, he beat, uh, he beat up uh, Dodger. And then called the ambulance. So it wouldn't look like he beat him up. (laughs) I love the concept that these Dickinsons just overthought this so much. Like, essentially, they're like, well, well, there's that guy who called the ambulance. Why would someone call an ambulance? (gasps) They're the (laughs) He was trying to make himself seem too innocent because he was the one who beat him up. I also feel like timelines could easily disprove that because he was definitely beaten up hours before Archie found him. I mean... (laughs) Unless Archie was setting up a situation to find him with Reggie. <laughs> I... Anyway, Archie gets punched. They say, tell us, tell us. Archie says, you don't have to do this. And then... And then... <laughs> They're like, if... Like, like, just tell us and we'll go. Or we'll, you know, it'll just... It's just you or else we're gonna hurt everyone else. And Archie's like, ah, I've pl- done the storyline before. <laughs> I must sacrifice myself for the greater good. But unfortunately for Archie, he has also touched the hearts of many 
young children who have seen the film Spartacus. And they are all Spartacus. I mean the Black Hood. None of, do you notice how none of them say the, say the words Black Hood? Because they should not. Because they should not. So they say, I'm the one who wore the Black Hood thing. And then I was like, no, I'm the one who has the mask. And I was just like, yeah, no, that's me. That guy is me. <laughs> they really should have came up with an official name for this guy. That is not Black Hood. They could have done Black Hood and been the thing like, oh, he's reclaiming the name Black he's Hood. He's making the Black Hood good? Which is insane. So I just love the fact that none of these kids will say those words. The Dickinsons have no patience for Spartacus, yeah. but they don't need to have patience because the deep fryer that Archie was deep frying a turkey in explodes. Suddenly and loudly and then... All hell breaks loose. <laughs> that everyone fights. Archie punches someone. He flips someone else. He knocks the gun away. All the kids run into the office. Monroe's doing all the punching because he's a grown man and he loves to punch. And Veronica pins a man's hand to a, to a table. With a serving fork. <laughs> okay. Uh, Molly, <laughs> meanwhile, picks up the gun, points it at, um, at uh, the... We, the mom we got none of their names. Mama Dickinson. I don't think they gave us names. Mm. <laughs> and she informs her that she has a legal right to defend her property she with remind, deadly force. She reminds the audience that she is a lawyer. And her law scares away those yep. criminals. Yeah, so they, they let them all go. <laughs> Veronica pulls the, the fork, fork out, out of, of the, the man's, man's hand, hand and then turns to Molly and goes... I'm obsessed. What? What? You're so... I'm like, Veronica, you by far went the furthest. Oh, so far. <laughs> like, like, don't get me wrong. They were criminals and they had guns and they would have killed Archie. But, like, to look at them would be like, you held a gun? I perforated someone's hand with such force as to stick it to wood. I think she was not impressed with the force I think she was impressed with the law. I guess so. Because remember, she's so smart, she's going to go to Harvard. Oh, yeah. She's a, you, you know, she she runs her own business, all those things. Of course she has time to keep her grades up. It's not like she goes to school ever. I mean, she did get Archie off from his criminal conviction for murder, <laughs> so. Yeah. She, oh, man, she really watched that video. So we sort of talked about the scene already. We head back to the adults, FB. At this point, they're all drunk. Except for FP, who is... Can, he says he's not drinking because he needs to drive everyone home. Uh, but he, he he did? He's full drunk. <laughs> he feels full drunk. Or maybe he's full rage. Anyway, rage they're... drunk. They're drinking Hiram's rum. Hiram gets all up in arms because FP doesn't like his rum enough. And then FP threat. He says, hey, hey, remember how you put out a hit on my son? And he's like, yeah, remember how you try to kill me because of my wife who's sitting right there? Who I've forgiven, Who I I've forgiven, but not you. <laughs> and then FP is like, I'm not your patsy. And they do some punching, and FP does some bottle breaking. Yeah, he, he does the old move where you bend someone over a, a table and just like hold hold them there. That's the same thing that his son did to uh, Brett. I think he was like, like a stapler or something. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's where he learned it. And then FP... From his son. <laughs> <laughs> Then FP informs Hiram that everyone in town knows he's garbage, but which is why, true. But why did not one person run against him? Or why did you not make it clear that he uses magical criminal powers to make no one run against him? I was going to point out earlier in this episode, Brent called Riverdale the drug capital of the USA. 
I'm confused about what Riverdale is. Yeah, they're not doing it. They, I we talked about this last time with the whole shipping away like the small town thing, but they never set up the small town thing, so we don't know about them shipping it away because apparently it's now just like every metropolis. Mm. Meanwhile, at the Blossom household, Fester and Cricket are eating homemade meat pie. Actually, everyone's eating homemade meat pies, but Tony and Cheryl are not actually eating. They haven't touched theirs yet. But it's 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 boring in this house with that storm raging outside. So how about we tell a story? Nana, you tell a very creepy story. Do it now. <laughs> Nana Rose tells the story of the First Blossom Thanksgiving, which is essentially the story of the Donner Party. Yeah, yeah, the Blossoms were the Donner Party. Oh, in this cold, in this <laughs> day, well, they traveled here to this blustery, Pacific, Pacific town. Northwest town, and they're like, oh, there's an inch of snow on the ground. <laughs> we better eat each other. <laughs> this town is not remote in the mountains i have to assume this was en route they got caught in the sierra nevada and they were like oh god why are we in nevada why are they in nevada there's a okay i guess i don't know a whole lot of a lot about like um orienteering or finding way but there's a river well i mean there's also a mountain range there is a mountain range and like you still have to get through the Rocky Mountains to get to Seattle. But I thought that I thought that this was the the, the the story of their first Thanksgiving here, like in the town. They said this is the Blossom first Thanksgiving. I just thought this was when they first started going by the name the Blossoms. <laughs> the, the The point is, is that they ate each other. And Cheryl would like to reveal this story because that will. Make it hard to sell the maple syrup business? Yeah, he's like, oh, I bet people won't want to hear that story about the about the blossoms. And I'm like, I mean, probably, but how long ago was that? Yeah, like, people are not going to care that much. <laughs> and also they're going to be like, okay, that's a thing, I guess, but... Uh. While this is going on, Fester finds Uncle Bedford's wedding ring in his meat pie. You see, as uh, Cheryl claims, the the tradition continues. I ate my brother Julian in the womb, and you have just eaten <laughs> Bedford. And I knew, even without the dumb Donner Party story, as soon as they said, you're eating homemade meat pies, I was like, oh, they're doing a Titus Andronicus thing. Yeah. Except... <laughs> I I do wonder where, where we're bringing it from. Did he get it from, a, from Titus Andronicus, or did he get it from South Park? <laughs> what a mystery. No one will know. I'm Zutai's Adronicus. From what we know of Roberto, that does not seem like a weird... Uh, he has some very strange pulls. Anyway, so then Cheryl's like, but of course we need to... Because Tony's wandered off at this point. We need to have dessert and Jason's corpse is wheeled in. Why? Why? Why does Cheryl do anything she does? The capstone does. Apparently Cheryl's game plan for this whole thing is like and yes you know that in this state cannibalism is illegal so if you if you tell anyone i'll tell them that you ate bedford and i'm like you know what's probably more illegal killing someone and forcing their family to eat them that is distinctly more illegal also you have (laughs) revealed to them that you have a corpse in your house which should mean that they should not believe anything you say because you're insane. But like, they 
do believe her. Like, this only works because this is a TV show and they are Blossoms. Like, what they run from me like, ah, glad we got out of that. I guess now we just move on without your father and my husband. Hmm. Mm. And without any of the Blossom fortune? <sighs> well, thank, well, thank God we weren't arrested for being <laughs> forced to eat my husband. Truly, we would have gone to jail for that and not the person who killed him and made us eat him. Are we the victims in this situation? No. No, we are the ones who've done wrong. We are truly the monsters here. We are the evil blossoms. <laughs> All right. Ah, oh, Cheryl's fun and kooky. Meanwhile, Betty and Jughead could not find alcohol because they knew there was no alcohol. But they decide to keep playing Never Have I Ever, and Jughead says, Never Have I Ever covered up a murder. And then you sort of confronts them about the pin. And how they psychologically pushed him to the yeah. edge, blah, blah, blah. And Donna goes running off crying. Ah, uh, and of course, only Betty goes after her. I, I guess that makes sense. When girls cry, girls got to go. Girls go after Ed. And, and I guess at that point... Chuck and Brent just, just like stare at each other like, awkwardly. Do we like uh, wait for them to, to come back or do you want to like, keep the interrogation going? <sighs> but let's follow up with Donna. Donna reveals to Betty that she had an affair with Chipping, and she knew it was wrong, and she tried to break it off, but he said no, and then she threatened to reveal him to the headmaster, and he said no, and then he committed suicide. That's why he did it. That's why it happened, and that's why she has the pin. It seems really sad and moving, but it also seems absolutely fake, so then maybe they did have an affair. I mean, maybe, but... We, she we, did we, it. We know how this show does to the student-teacher relationships, and it is maybe okay with it. So, it taking this, like, hard track, being like, this is bad? Eh. Anyway, FP. FP is torn. What is he, Kevin? Is he a serpent? Is he a sheriff? I miss, I miss being a serpent. You know, the serpents, who I assume are just in stasis somewhere because they're not on screen right now. You know, I really liked my community service group, the Serpents. And then Alice, who I think is usually portrayed as being quite clever and smart, says, Well, is there, there's no rule saying you can't be both a sheriff and a serpent. And I'm like, yes, there are. <laughs> there are distinct laws that you can't be in a gang and also a the sheriff. Well, it's a good thing the serpents aren't a gang. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> They're, They're a community service group. And about the fact that the serpents are not a gang. So you know what? You're right. There's no law saying you can't be a sheriff and also it, 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 doing community service. <laughs> 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 no, you, get, you can also volunteer at yeah. a community center. Great. Maybe their presence will scare away the Dickinsons. <laughs> They're not scary. Oh, the serpents are back. That the means something. <laughs> We're not sure what they do, but they're back. Oh, they're they're the they're the they're the most threatening gang in this town. Not the ones who literally sell drugs and apparently are like straight up murder gang. And will kill children. Yeah, no, no they're the serpents. No, the serpents. They're kind of mean at the drive-in. And sometimes they ride motorcycles. <laughs> sometimes they ride loud motorcycles, and they give presents to the less fortunate. And they stand up for their civil rights. How? Dare they? I will not run against Hiram Lodge. So I guess, speaking of gangs, 
Tony is relieved that Cricket will no longer watch them. This is the scene where I gave up on Tony. I don't know about you. Because Tony liked this. She's just lying in Cheryl's arms being like, I'm so glad this is done. I was the one who wheeled in your brother. Now I'm cool with that. I don't know who I am anymore. But those lamb pies that we ate were delicious because, yeah, it was all a trick. And, of course, this leads up to Cheryl being like, Tony, I love you. She does say, I've never said it. And I'm like, this is the first I love you? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But maybe this was the first thank you. <laughs> I, do, I do not doubt this is the first time Cheryl has ever said thank you to another human being. So that's nice. Also, Julian is there watching them. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be fully honest. I'm kind of done with the whole Cheryl Tony storyline. If they just decided, let's not pick them up again, I'd be cool yeah, with that. Yeah, I don't want them. I don't care about this creepy doll. I don't, I don't care. care about Cheryl's slow descent into madness. I don't care about their weird relationship. That's, I, w- that... <laughs> I would like someone to take those babies away. Yeah, like I... And then we can burn Thistle House to the ground and we never have to see these yeah, people again. These, these two characters have not talked to another human being who's not each other since the first episode. I don't mm-hmm. care about them anymore. Well, time to something that I do care about. Jughead's confused. Yeah. He doesn't really know how to feel now that he knows that bad things happened to Donna, and he thought chipping was good, but he was the bad guy? So essentially, he's like... Working he, he, through this. Yeah, yeah he, he, he believes Donna, but Betty's like, I don't know. There's still the whole secret society thing. This just seems a little suspicious, Jughead. Yeah. Remember how they wrote suicide notes? Yeah, like, this This doesn't this doesn't fill all the gaps in this. It doesn't explain away everything. And she's like, look, you need to talk to your headmaster. You need to put this on his radar. Also, I'm going to go home. Let's go home tomorrow. Yeah, they're like, maybe this ice storm. That's just, oh, man, that storm out there. Maybe if it ends, we can just go home for the weekend because it's Friday. And also a video camera is watching them. As they have sex. Cool. Hmm. Uh, so back at the the community center, which now is, everything's pretty cool. It's fine. They cleaned up all those tables and they're yep. going to say some grace. Yeah. And then they're going to eat. And Archie tells us what his father said every time after he said grace, which I, is... I'm, sorry, you I wrote you it do, down. You can do it if you like. Dig in, everyone. I'm grateful to be alive and here with you. I'm so happy to be alive on this moment, on this Thanksgiving of 2019. And I was not killed by a driver who... By a young child who... Stole his who dad's Who stole his car. dad's car and his dad took the fall... For that child. I'm so glad that I am here like this and not that. That has not happened. But I am here alive. Alive, Archie Andrews. I am here. If It actually feels like this line that he gave was the, was the best way to, like, drill it in deep. Here's some lightness. Dodger has escaped the hospital. <laughs> yeah, did his family come get him? <laughs> FP went to check him out, but him gone. Aaron is... Aaron, is Archie's plot line that he's against some sort of like weird They're kind of, they're kinda of rednecky. Yeah, his mom like, has an accent that we've never heard on the show before. Kind of, you know, no, they're kind of like white trashy. Which yeah. is, I thought we met the white trash in Riverdale, which was like The Serpents? <laughs> well, I thought I thought like Jughead was their white trash. Yeah, I thought but apparently there's a, another level. Yeah. Because this is a lot like uh 
Julie Cooper's uh, LARPing as a poor. Oh, yeah. It's it's very much the, the, the serious version of that. In a mysterious turn of events, the day after Thanksgiving, Black Friday, which is a holiday, all of the kids are back at school, and I- Donna has told the headmaster about the affair. I'm not entirely sure this is not supposed to be the end of the weekend. I will tell you why it's not in two scenes. Okay. So, yes, Donna came came clean to the headmaster. And Brett is far too smug about this. That's and he does try to blame Jughead and Betty for this yeah, happening. He's like, oh, well, I mean, she wanted to protect Chipping's family. But because of you, Jughead and Betty, going into a room, she just feels like she had to tell the headmaster. And now I guess that's all out in the open now. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, there's definitely something like, yeah, there's definitely secret society stuff. But he should be less smug because meanwhile, Betty has a beautiful mind board. (laughs) I like the, she gives an expression and the only thought I could have behind the expression is, yes, now I'm involved. (laughs) I guess she's over the whole serial killer gene thing. She likes it now. It makes her understand how serial killers work. Yeah, she, she was like, ah, well, if my brother is... Good. Probably not a serial killer, then maybe I'm not either. It took that for me to believe it. <laughs> I had to unequivocally prove, not even unequivocally prove, I had to more than believe that, <laughs> that he... I had to have some proof that he was not a serial killer. No, we good. Oh, man. Oh, man. Wait, is this going to be our end thing that ends in the first part and then picks up at the end? It might be, because Charles was not in this episode. No, he was not. But we wrap up with the final scene. Archie is playing guitar. In walks his mom. And his mom says, Archie, yesterday was crazy. I can't believe I was at a Thanksgiving dinner in a community center where there were guns and I had to threaten someone. That's crazy. And Archie says, ha, welcome to Riverdale, mom. Like, no, no, this has never happened. This is a weird escalation. So this is how I know. This is Black Friday. You're right. This is Black Friday. They randomly had a day of school. <laughs> now, I think the other two scenes actually happened after this scene, but we had to end with this scene. That's true. Because Molly Ringwald goes, yeah, it was pretty fun, but it was pretty weird that that uh, deep fryer exploded exactly when we needed a distraction. Well, I guess what I'm saying here, Archie, is your dad's a ghost and haunting you. Yes, he is. And so Archie deals with this the only way he can, which is by getting a very official plaque made. (laughs) Maybe maybe this scene was supposed to take place the same as... Well, this is the end of the weekend. Yeah, maybe they should have done... Like that set up and then the other scenes and then this scene? Yeah. Probably. Anyway, he puts the plaque on the wall with a picture of his dad and everyone is there. Yeah. Jughead is there. FP is there in his serpent jacket. Tony and Cheryl are there. Well, they're holograms, Aaron. Don't forget. They are in the... Someone's <laughs> in the community center. And everyone's like, hey, look at that plaque. It's inside, so Dodger and his family can't vandalize it easily. Good choice, Archie. <laughs> yeah, good idea putting it on the inside. I did, like, I, I, I did also like the moment where Jughead walked up to Cheryl and said, Cheryl, what have you been doing? And she's like, oh, I made my relatives think that they ate their uncle. And Jughead said, this is why we don't talk. <laughs> Maybe one day I'll write your memoir. <laughs> no one will believe it. <laughs> I'll have to descri- disguise it as fiction. It'll be a fictional mem- memoir. 
but actually nonfiction and not a memoir because it's biography. I'm a writer. So, Aaron. Yes, Kevin. Those episodes, did you find yourself a CW moment? Did I find a CW moment? Did I find a moment where all Logic wanted to do was cook a turkey in a deep fryer, but it exploded in a fit of drama? I did. And the moment I have selected, we already talked about. But it was the moment when Mama Dickinson was confused by Archie, <laughs> and then it impacted the storyline exactly zero. Yeah. It was a long shot. It was a... And she was doing something with her face. Yeah, I... I, Once again, I do not know what that was supposed to mean or imply. I guess it was supposed to be like, dun, 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 they're here. But they've been... At that point, they'd been there for like... A while? A while in... Like, they had full conversations with them. Like, it's... I don't know. I don't know. It was dramatic. Weird. But illogical. Yeah. Tiny, tiny moment. (laughs) Kevin, did you find a CW moment? Yeah, and I think it's... Uh, we all talked about it a little bit, but I think it has to be... Man, the constant... It, it's an escalation of the constant references to the storm, but it's when Betty was like, oh, man, it's cold in here. And they're like, yeah, and Jack is like, yeah, it is cold in here. Let's not dwell on this any further. Maybe it only existed so that Betty could wear a cute Stonewall prep sweatshirt later, and they were like, we did a costume change. Look, look, we... <laughs> yeah, of all the things that we had to make sure was very clear to the audience and they understood why it happened, it's why Betty's wearing a sweater later. <laughs> Even though she comes oh, she comes in a t-shirt. Yeah. Did Lily Reinhardt just find the sweater on set and be like, this is so cute. Can I, I wear this in the episode? I have to wear this in the episode, but we have to write into the scene why I'm wearing it. If I'm suddenly wearing a sweater... People will get confused. Guys, I want to justify Betty's storyline and Betty's choices. I am an actor who takes pride in her art. <laughs> Meanwhile, they're like, yeah, hit Hiram's mayor now. We'll just write a line to cover it. It's what fine. Up? <laughs> no one ran against him. Why? Ah, who knows? Maybe crime? You have to figure that out for yourself. Monroe was away for a week. I don't know. <laughs> By the way, Reggie was there for the plaque dedication. Yeah. But yeah. Monroe wasn't? What's, Aaron, I have a question. Have you ever seen Monroe and Reggie in the same place? And don't say when they're saying on either side of Archie. <laughs> <laughs> what about the time that football? Mm, yes, but <laughs> yes, I do realize that they had a storyline together. But do you not think that maybe we're talking about a fight club situation where Reggie is his own worst enemy? And during the football... They were wearing helmets. Anyone could have tackled Reggie. Was it Monroe? Who knows? We don't know. Or maybe his dad was just angry because his son was tackling himself somehow. And he's just like, what is happening? Maybe his dad was never abusive. He was just confused and concerned. (laughs) And Reggie gave those bruises to himself. Oh, boy. (laughs) There's a lot back there. (laughs) We've spiraled down a hole. (laughs) <laughs> well, if you like that episode, just give us a rating, review, subscription on Apple Podcasts or Google Play or Spotify, wherever you'll find us. Hey, please tell us what movie is going to inspire the next episode of Riverdale over on Podcast MOA, Podcast MOA, on Twitter, on Instagram, and on email. We are a Gmail email address. Yeah, and maybe next week will be Riverdale. It, this seems like they might take it off for uh, 
for Thanksgiving, and we should probably actually look that up to figure it out, and we probably will. Or we'll just panic next Sunday. (laughs) We'll see what's happening next week. Where did Dodger go? What's the truth behind Chipping's death? Will Monroe's grandma beat those racketeering charges? Answers all this and more next episode of Mr. Osiris and Abs. A teen drama fan cast?